See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. yeah. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Y'all ready? Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Beware. Smack him in the mouth. Yeah. I gave you fair warning. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning. They better get ready. Phil Flames, I went mic on the mic yep. With something brand new, one time for one your time, mind He gave you fair warning Now it's time to smack him in the mouth With that raw sports talk from the town Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters Reppin' for the West, see the palms in the logo Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go! I gave you fair warning, beware Smack him in the mouth I gave you fair warning, beware Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning. You beware. are tuned into in episode mouth. 16 of the Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. What is up, everyone? Episode 16, the number 16, brings back some childhood memories for me. The, ep- the number... 16 on the 16th episode brings back Andre Ethier vibes for me. Excited to get into the show this week. As you can see, I'm a little hyped up on coffee to get us going here in this early morning. Recording on a Wednesday drops on a Thursday. I hope you guys have been enjoying the episode I'm putting out so far. If you want more content from me before you do anything else, head over to my Instagram page. Head over to my TikTok. If you search Michael and the Mike Sports, it should come up. But my Instagram handle is... Mike on the mic pod, P-O-D, Mike on the mic pod, and my TikTok handle is Mike on the mic sports. You'll see my logo, everything's blue, you'll be able to recognize that it is me. There's a lot of reels, TikToks, everything, I make funny, I make comedy-based content, and I make factual-based content, and everything in between, really. I've just been getting into everything recently, trying to build my character, build myself, build my style. And it's been a great time doing it with all of you. We're approaching 15,000 total uh, followers across multiple platforms. Uh, It's exciting to see. It's really, really, really satisfying to see the hard work paying off. And it's not all about the numbers. I do this for fun. I do this because I enjoy it. I do this to reignite my passion for sports after being in the military for four years and really being separated from sports with the time difference. You stay up till 2 in the morning to watch a Chargers game, to watch the Chargers blow it. You'd stay up till 2 in the morning to watch the Chargers blow their games every week. So I just sometimes wasn't able to do it. It just wasn't possible because I had to go to work the next day. But hey, I'm here. I made it through all that. And now my passion like that is reignited for sports, for football. And man, just, just for having a collective group of people that have the similar interests. I love debating with you guys also. So if you're if you're following on Instagram or you're following on Facebook... Every time you see me post, drop a comment. Let me know your opinion. I love talking about it. Agree or disagree, I love discussing it. That is what is great about sports, in my opinion, is that it brings us together. And in this time where we have to remain apart, coming together is extremely important when we can, in the ways that we can. And sometimes that's from behind a keyboard. And right now, that is primarily from behind a keyboard. It's unfortunate, but it's reality. And the best we can do is, is live with it and do the best we can. And I've noticed that on TikTok, I've noticed that on Instagram, I've noticed that on Facebook, that people are interacting and people want to have a discussion about the topic that is being posted about. So definitely leave a comment, even negative comments. I love them. I'm telling you right now, if you disturb, roast me. I had someone comment on one of my TikTok posts. A guy just straight up said, he said, sorry, my dog was barking in the background. If you know me. My dog's name is Luna, and she likes to hang out with me when I'm recording episodes. But every once in a while, she woofs, and you may hear it. She's looking at me right now. She's going back to sleep. It was just a little a little wake. Maybe she was dreaming or something. But anyways, I had someone on one of my TikToks a straight-up comment. Why does this guy keep pretending like he watches sports? And that was, that was the funniest thing that happened to me all week. Because it's just such a pure, like, roast. And you guys all know I watch sports every single day. I have a sports show on without the audio on just so I can read the news at the bottom while I'm recording the episode. I mean, I'm always 
watching, thinking about creating content for about sports. But it's still funny to see people come at me and roast me, and I encourage that kind of stuff just because it's funny to me. It helps my posts. It helps my page. And I just like interacting with people negatively, positively, in a debate, agree to disagree, respectfully, disrespectfully, whatever way you want to do it. Um, don't be don't be too crazy, obviously. Don't, don't, don't be too crazy. I don't want to see any crazy words being put in my comment sections. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But what I am trying to say is I like interacting with anyone that wants to interact with me. That's kind of the whole reason I do this is to interact with people. And talk about sports and, and have that passion for sports. Anyways, I've rambled on enough to start the show. Maybe a little bit annoying. Probably a little bit annoying. Joe Marley would say I'm annoying. We're filming episode six of Friday Night Wars tonight, and I think I'm leading by one vote. So I know you guys ain't going to hear this till it's too late, but hopefully I pulled that out because if I went down three to one to Joe, I'm probably a very sad person when this episode is released. <laughs> anyway, let's get in the show. I got two topics for you today. I know you guys are used to your three, but I had an interview today and you guys are going to enjoy it. I talked to uh, the CYM founders or co-founders of the CYM Undiscovered League, a league I've been working with, a league I've been covering and have a podcast about called Around the League. And it's all things covering the Undiscovered League. It's a, a smaller level uh, pro basketball league. That is kind of birthing into a development for the larger uh, pro basketball league, the TBL League, which is the third largest basketball league behind the NBA. One league in between. Not sure which one it is. I'll have to ask them. I should probably know that. But uh, the NBA, uh, maybe it's the NBA G League or something. I'm not sure. But they're the third largest basketball league in the country. And this is kind of like developmental players for that league. So... It's a lot of fun to watch just because these guys are grinding so hard. They're trying to find a spot in the league, and they're trying to make a name for themselves. One of the undiscovered league or, un, or undiscovered team players is actually an NBA draft prospect. The draft is tonight. I'm calling him going to the Atlanta Hawks, but we will see what happens. Mike Lenore. So if you guys hear his name, he was on the show a couple weeks ago, and it was a very good interview. Good to talk to the kid and, and see his mindset on everything so we're gonna get into that and then also to close it out i'm gonna give my nfl pickums as i do every week so stay tuned for those nfl pickums if you want to know if your team's gonna win or lose i'm about to spoil it for you for this week week 11 in the nfl Oof, it's flying by so fast but so slow at the same time being a chargers <laughs> anyways let's get straight into the show thanks for tuning in let's go topic one what is up, everyone? I am joined with two very special guests today, Mr. Crowder and Miss Ackerman, co-founders of the CYM Creating Young Minds Undiscovered League and CYM Organizations, the league that I've been covering over the last couple of weeks. I know you guys have heard me bring it up a couple of times. How's it going, guys? Very good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Having a good day. Having a good day. It's good to hear. All right, so we'll just jump right into it. So for those who have no clue what the CYM Undiscovered League and CYM uh, brand is, what is the CYM Undiscovered League? Well, Creating Young Minds is a nonprofit organization. We started uh, back in 2011 in Texas, and we've our objective has always been to give guys opportunities they wouldn't have had access to otherwise. And we started with helping guys in high school and postgraduate years get um, college scholarships to play basketball and get their education paid for. Over the last couple of years, we've expanded our organization to include our um, TBL, the, the basketball league professional basketball team, the Louisville Leopards. Uh, what we decided to do this year was add the CYM Undiscovered League. Um, and I'm going to let uh, Mathis tell you a little bit more about where the term undiscovered came from and then why we, we created the league to help young men get opportunities. Well, the Undiscovered League, um, I came up with a name. Um, basically, it wasn't the league at first. We came up with a name for for apparel. Um, um, a lot of young men are undiscovered. A lot of there's a lot of talent out there. You know, a lot of times they say there's 450 players. They're the best in the world. That's not true uh, in the NBA, but that's not true. Uh, or they'll say there's 224 or 230 that's in the uh, G League or the best, second best player, that's not true. Um, there's a lot of talent out there. It just, 
putting it on a platform and giving it an opportunity. In life, everything's about opportunity. So we came up with, I, I came up with the name because, you know, you have so, so much talent out here. You, you, I mean, I didn't watch regular guys um, go against NBA guys, guys from overseas, and they compete at a very high level. It's just like in our league. Yeah. Um, our undiscovered team is the ages from 17 to 24, and they play against the veterans, and the veterans are Division One players, NBA players, yeah. uh, every level, and, and they have a hard time against these young guys. Mm-hmm. And so it has nothing to do with what we're trying to do basically is, is kind of change the model how they do overseas and bring it over here mm-hmm. where there's a certain model that they do in America where you're supposed to go right to college, you're supposed to do yeah. this. But we're just – we start, we started last year in the TBL League, um, basically uh, starting the Euro model in the TBL League. And then one reason why we did the Undiscovered League, I came up with the idea with the Undiscovered League, both of us worked together to come up with the idea, mm-hmm. is basically um, – how can you say it? Um, you know, with COVID – Nothing was going on. We couldn't have no prep right. game against the JUCOs. We couldn't. Mm-hmm. We had no schedule, and so we had to have our younger guys playing. So we'll, we'll, you know, they play against grown men all the time. So <laughs> get them playing against grown men consistently. And now we came up with the Undiscovered League, and we made it more professional. Brought more professionals in every other week. New teams are coming in. More professionals. NBA guys played overseas and you're NBL Canada. So that's basically what it's all about and putting it on a platform. And now we're just trying to get it out there to give these young men opportunities. And then like the veterans team, they have a lot of guys that played division one that played, um, that played at very good levels and then played professional and they're still young. They're 26 to 29, 30 and they're very talented. And you know, just getting them back in the door because a lot of them are in corporate America, but they still want to play. So what we're trying to do is build an avenue to give them opportunity. To me, you know, and I'll say this, you know, and then I'll be done because I'm talking to you. (laughs) You're good. No, this is a podcast. (laughs) Well, the biggest thing is, is in life, you always will be remembered on how you made somebody feel. Uh, Maya Angelou, famous poet, said that. and, And it's all about, giving everybody opportunities. Now, it all depends on if they accept that opportunity, what they do with it. And my goal is, is give everybody an opportunity if they accept that opportunity and willing to listen to give them that opportunity. Yeah, I like that. You're seeing the, the NBA even kind of shift more towards pulling people from developmental style leagues in Europe and in America a lot more often than you saw before. Before, you would just see them get drafted and either they made it or they didn't make it. And that was the end of your basketball career. So it's great to see leagues like this leagues, like the ones that you see in Europe coming up and everything. And, and, and guys, listen to me. I'm telling you right now, I watched some of these veteran games. These guys are throwing the ball around like an NBA team and the younger guys are keeping up with them. And both games I've seen the veterans play has been close, tight games. You could see that the veterans are more like better flow of the game. You could see that but you can see the other guys are working just as hard to keep up with them. And and it's really awesome to watch. All right. So where, what location in the country did the league actually start up? You guys, Louisville? Yes. We're in Louisville, Texas, right outside of the Dallas area. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Here's this question has a couple layers to it. So there's some athletes on these teams. I've seen them and everyone that's watched league has seen them and we see what they can do on the court, but what is it like working with them behind the scenes and off the court? I'm sure it's a, a strong team bond amongst the players to kind of build this league and just have a good time playing together in a professional league. But what is it like behind the scenes with the athletes uh, amongst themselves and amongst the coaches and amongst the entire organization? Well, we have, um, we've always had very intense practices and workouts uh, since we started uh, back in 2011. And what, What's happened with these guys, you know, our, our younger guys that are what makes up the undiscovered team. And then you've got the guys that make up the Louisville yellow team. Um, and then some of the guys that are on the Phenoms, Phenoms team, they're starting to come to practices and workouts because they want to make the most of the opportunity. You know, they're not just coming to play. Um, they want to get better and get opportunities in the basketball league. Cause that's the third professional league in the United States. They want 
um, to get the opportunity to play on one of the teams. It's now 30 teams deep and all over the country, or they want to get an opportunity to play overseas. They want to get an opportunity to play in the, the NBA G League. You know, we've got um, Instat, so that's giving their stats all over the world. And the guys in practice, you know, we were we were talking about one of the one of the young men who who's recently joined, um, coming to practices for about a week now, and he has a different experience. Um, you know, with with basketball, he was he was one of the chosen ones, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's fallen. Um, and you know, he's a McDonald American. He was, you know, ESPN number 19, um, in high school, went to SMU, you know, had, had a lot of troubles, but he's a good young man. He just didn't have the right people in his circle. So we've watched him the first week coming to practice and he just sits, you know, while he stretches and he watches because the environment in practice before everything gets started is, you know, the guys are stretching and they're um, doing ball handling and doing shooting, whatever stuff they're doing to get ready, they're laughing and they're joking and they're talking and it's a a real close um, group and they're, you know, it's like an extended family. And, you know, I, I even spoke to his mom about it. I said, I can see he's watching and thinking, I've never been in an environment like this for basketball. And he's trying to figure it all out and he wants to be part of it and he's just never seen anything like that. And that's what our program is about. You know, the guys, they really are, they're, they're connected. Um, and I know when you interviewed, you know, Michael Lenore, who's uh, in the NBA draft tonight, all his interviews, he has the boys behind him. And yep. that was his choice. You know, he said to us when interviews started, you know, I, I want to do it at the boys' house. Um, and I want, I want some of the guys there, you know, and we said, okay, you know, we can do that. And, They've been, I mean, three weeks, at least 20 plus interviews, they're always sitting there and they're supporting him because he's as important to them as they are to him. And, you know, they, the practices are hard and intense. And, you know, the boys joke all the time, you know, Coach Matt and Miss Shira, once you get into practice, they're different people. <laughs> they're, yeah. <laughs> the person that, that you're talking to off the court and that's helping you build a business and supporting your academics and helping you be a better young man, you get on the court, they're completely different. Yeah. And it's okay, it'll come back, but right then and there, they're they're not the same people. <laughs> and, and the thing is, uh, Sean, I'm worse. Um, I'm like, like, I can walk into practice laughing and talking, hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> And then about 30 minutes later, I said, everybody on the line. Everybody on the line. <laughs> and I, I just switch. Yeah. And now that switch is boom. And it doesn't change back until everything is old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until everything is old. And um, the one thing that I harp on my young man about, the young man about is hard work, um, being relentless. Um, and I get irritated uh, with them uh, a lot because I – I scrimmaged with them. You know, we have NBA <laughs> players come in, like Jason Maxill and other other guys come in and play. And, you know, one thing I tell them, no matter who come in here, it just hypes me up. That's my personality. And so my thing is, I always teach them about you can impact the game uh, on the court and you can impact lives off the court. Mm-hmm. It's all what you do and how you react. Uh, on the court, I always tell them, you don't need the ball in your hand to change the game. You know, um, you know, I always tell them, uh, I'm the best rebounder in the gym, no matter who walks in the gym. <laughs> to Jason Maxill, that I'm the best rebounder in the gym. He looked at me crazy, like, whatever. <laughs> we started playing. And so the thing is, you can impact the game by rebounding, playing defense, hustling, doing all that. And so when new guys come in, they're just in shock that, oh, he, all he do is rebound, hustle, and get everybody the ball. You know, then yeah. when they feel like I can't score, I'd be like, okay, I can score whenever I want to at my age. But what I try to teach them is, is that you got to find a way. It got to be somebody on this team. It got to be one or two people that can make everybody else better. Everybody can't score 20. It, you won't yeah. And so that's Flowers. what works. <laughs> yes, and that's what I try to teach so much. I sacrifice, like I'm sore as I don't know what right now. I <laughs> we practice for we scrimmage for like two hours, and I played yes, two sir. hours. Yeah. 
And one thing I, I always focus on and try to teach them is, is little things, help side defense, on ball defender, yeah. uh, rotating, talking on the court, all those things that matter because when they move to the next level, you're just a role player. You're not the man. Yeah. You're not the man at all. They have their people that are going to be the man. You just got to do the little things. Do your job. Play defense. Make an open shot. Rebound. Hustle. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing what I teach. And so the thing with a lot of the players, they can't say nothing back to me because I'm on the court doing what they can't do. Rebound and defend. And make you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. And going back to to Mike Lenore, um, I just want to point out to everyone, in case they aren't paying attention to the NBA right now, we saw Dennis Schroeder get traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, my team. I'm happy to see it. Of course, I'd rather have Mike than Dennis Schroeder on the Lakers, but that's not the way it worked out. So the Hawks now have an open point guard position, Trey Young, Mike Lenore. We could see it uh, tonight in the draft. That'd be pretty awesome. Just bringing it up. I was very impressed by Mike when I did the interview, which is why I kind of came up with this question. I saw everyone standing in the background. I was like, this is definitely like a family. This is even opponents on different teams. You could see that they are a family. They're working together to make this league the best they can. But what's most impressed to me is Mike, a NBA prospect who's probably leaving soon. Uh, sorry, guys, you're going to lose your star player, but he's probably leaving soon is calling the games for them. He wants this league to succeed. It's very impressive to see this, this family bond. And you know that that's coming from the apprenticeship and the leadership within the league. You guys, of course, and others, I'm sure. There's coaches and other people involved in the league. Um, that's the beautiful thing about sports to me is that it's like a life lesson. It's like a teaching moment. Even if you don't make it big, you're learning something from it. You're building a bond, a family bond. We had a game when I was playing overseas. I actually played uh, pro ball overseas in Japan. Um, and the day of the game, half of the team left on deployment. A lot of the teammates were military members that just went out into the teams and tried out and made the team. Um, and half the team left on the day of the game. It was pouring rain. We went into a football game, a full four-quarter football game with a professional Japanese team with 18 players. Um, and it was rough. I was the third-string quarterback, and I was called up to start that day. Uh, I started at DB and at quarterback that day, and it's just crazy how – I was the quarterback. I was a read option style quarterback. And my running back, who me and him did most of the work of the game on offense, was a, a foreigner who didn't speak English. And we ran the read option and played football together for an entire game. And it was just beautiful. And, and that moment right there taught me a lesson of, of what sports is about. It's about family and learning lessons. It's awesome. It's pretty awesome. All right, let's see. Uh, so far in the league's history or in your team's history uh, with the Leopards, uh, what's your favorite moment that's happened so far? Best story. Uh, what's our favorite moment? Uh, I'll say we went to the Albany Patroons in New York. The boys, the historic of the Albany Patroons. It was in the last dance with Phil Jackson. That's pretty cool. Um, Washington George Avenue Armory. Washington, Washington, yeah. Washington Avenue Armory. Mm -hmm. um, it, all the history there. The CBA was so big um, back in the 80s, uh, 70s, 80s. Uh, the CBA was all on ESPN. Um, that experience, that the history of all those people, um, it was just amazing because what a lot of people don't know history is that um, um, mostly everybody that's in the NBA being successful, Phil Jackson, George Carl, um, Brooks, the, uh, the coach for, um, for Washington Wizards, um, they came from the Sydney Lowe. I mean, you can just go down the line, came from uh, David Magley over to TBL. They came from the CBA, the Albany Patroon. Mm -hmm. So history, the coach for uh, Rick Carlisle from, um, from Dallas Mavericks, they, they came from the Albany Patroon. So the history, the boys walked in and they was like, this is history. Oh, they just. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Like, they're different kind of guys. They, they're not, they're kind of different young guys. They, they, they want to learn history. They want to find out about things. Yeah. And they came in there and they were just, they was just thankful just to be there in the opportunity. Now we got the brakes beat off us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was, it was already starstruck. And then you had over two or 3,000, you had 3,000 people there shouting. It was like a pro game. It the was environment wild. Was the, environment, the environment was like, it was pro. I mean, like yeah. 
supposed to be. So basically, if you look at the TBL, the TBL went from, basically, TBL is the CBA, what it used to be. Basically, that's what it is. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the history side of it, it's got to be awesome to walk in and know the names, know the people that kind of built that team. It's a big deal. We had a moment like that in high school. When I played in high school, my last year, actually, we had made the playoffs. We were the 16th seed. We were playing the one seed. It was Chino Hills. I look over the sideline and I say, who is that tall person there? Lonzo Ball standing on their sideline. LaMelo Ball standing on their sideline. LeVar Ball standing on their sideline. Just watching the game. I'm playing DB on their sideline, and I could hear LeVar yelling at their receivers like that, that they, they're just going to destroy me. <laughs> but yeah, number 13, he's too small. He can handle you. I'm like, LeVar Ball is behind me yelling at me right now. This is pretty crazy. That school has, has a, a lot of history, and they've had a lot of celebrities and, and a lot of star basketball players and football players go through there. So something similar there. We ended up actually winning that game, upsetting them in that game. So that was pretty awesome. Um, so uh, I asked this question to everyone that comes on as it winds down. I'll ask each of you, who is your favorite athlete ever and why? My favorite athlete ever. Uh, there's two of them. Okay. But I'll say this one. I'll say, I know this, I, people are going to think it's strange. <laughs> Michael Jordan was one of them, but my favorite athlete ever was uh, Dennis Rodman. It just, cool. yeah. I mean, I, I watched him my whole life. He played at an NAIA school right down the street um, from here, about an hour or two away from here in Oklahoma. Um, I mean, from what he has came from now, he is crazy, but uh, he played at NAI D2 and, and I mean, just six, seven and, and just dominated being a great rebound and a great defender. And I mean, just his passion. And so it's kind of like when I saw him, you know, at a young age, um, I said, well, I'm, a, I'm athletic. So I'm going to dominate the game, rebounding and defense. So now, me close to 50, I still think I'm the best rebounder. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as quick as I used to, so I've been working on my quickness a lot. And I know Father Time will catch up, but I'll say Dennis Rodman was my favorite player in Michael Jordan second, but Dennis Rodman first. Awesome. That makes sense of what you were saying about impacting the game in more ways than just scoring. That was Dennis Rodman by definition. Hall of Fame career off of rebounding defense. Yes, I love it. What about you, Miss Ackerman? Who, who's your favorite athlete ever? Well, I would I would have to say um, Michael Jordan, but not necessarily for the reasons that most people are going to to say. Mm-hmm. Um, based on you know how we you know function every day and how we um, drive the program and what we teach the young men, his mentality on how he carried himself as a professional. And mm-hmm. his work ethic and, you know, not, you know, stuff on the court is one thing, but all the other pieces that, you know, people start to learn watching the last dance, but we knew all of this about him, you know, so long ago that what he put in off the court in order to be what he was on the court is so valuable that, and it, it doesn't take anything other than effort and your mentality. That's all it is in order to be able to carry yourself mm-hmm. in that way as a professional in the community and what you do to prepare to be the best athlete you want to be regardless of sport. Those those characteristics and those attributes that he has, that to me is more valuable for any athlete and that's why I look at him as a as my favorite athlete because of all the stuff he did that nobody else knew about. Yeah, and it's crazy. That that mentality takes those kind of athletes from just being superstar athletes to being almost impossible, being almost inhuman level of athletes and superstars and that's a lot of the reasons why Kobe Bryant was kind of like one of my childhood heroes growing up. I'm from Los Angeles, so just Kobe Bryant was everywhere and Kobe Bryant seemed to always pull through and always rise above. And even, even after a failure, you knew Kobe was going to get back. You knew he was going to get him back, whether it was in the playoffs, whether it was the next season, you knew it was going to, that he was going to get him back. And it was always like every time he's about to play a team, you knew that there was some kind of secret motivation behind it for Kobe to get them back. Something happened in the past, even if it was 10 years ago 
and similar stuff with Michael Jordan. You saw the, the scene where he said that he made something up, that a guy said something to him. He made it up to use as motivation, said it to the media, had the media blast his story everywhere. This guy said this to Michael Jordan just to, to motivate himself to come back. That's, that's some inhuman stuff right there. And <laughs> until the documentary, people just thought that that's what happened, that the guy said that to him. And that's why Michael Jordan went off, but Michael Jordan made it up and he admitted it on the documentary. Pretty awesome. I love the documentary. I'm waiting for my Kobe documentary. All right. <laughs> Wrapping it up. One last uh, a chance to plug. Where can they find the, the league? Obviously, you can find it. The link in my bio, the link to the website of the league. But is there any other avenues or any other ways that they could find the league if they're not uh, either following me or they're not on my Instagram pages that just listen to the show? We, um, all of everything for the CYM Undiscovered League is on our Uscreen channel. Um, and you can just search Uscreen and Creating Young Minds. Um, those links are also on all of our social media as well as yours. Um, and our website, creatingyoungminds.org. Um, the whole purpose of the Undiscovered League and what we want people to realize is this is a way to get guys ready for the TBL season. You know, the, the Undiscovered League started at the end of October, goes through the middle of February. Training camp for all the TBL teams starts the middle towards the end of February, and the season starts the beginning of March. So this league gives guys opportunities to be seen by all 30 TBL teams, um, in addition to teams around the world, but this is a doorway to get guys opportunities to play in the TBL, which is the third professional league in the United States. And otherwise, they may not get to be seen by every single team um, on a weekly or regular basis so that they really can get that opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I know, I know some of these guys are going to get picked up. It's, some of these guys are ridiculous. Some of these athletes are ridiculous out there. I saw uh, Damian Durham rise up and almost have a dunk that you would probably not even see in the NBA. If you saw it in the NBA, it would be all over ESPN. Uh, <laughs> he just rise on up over three different people and tried to slam it home. Barely missed it, but it got me out of my seat for a second. Uh, so that, that's all. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for, for sharing the league. Thanks for creating the league. It's a, really good, it's a really good league. It's a really good lesson, and it's a really – uh, strong foundation you're building for these guys, even if they don't keep going on with basketball down other avenues in life, sports or not. So I appreciate you. All athletes appreciate you guys because having that apprenticeship and, and having someone to teach those lessons is what keeps us going down a positive road. Well, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for everything. That's all, everyone. Let's move on to the next topic. The NFL season is flying by. When I say flying by, I mean flying by. We're already in week 11. The playoff picture is unfolding very, 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 very quickly. And and here we are. We're we're, we're ready to rock and roll. I'm going to get straight into these pickums. No time to waste with Thursday night football. And oh boy, here we go. We got the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Seattle to play the Seattle Seahawks. In a game that is probably for the division. Honestly, this game is probably for that division, and we will see which team can come out on top. It's a story of two different teams right now. The Cardinals had a slow start and have heated up to a burning hot blaze to this point in the season. Seattle, on the other hand, is a team who started hot. Russ was cooking. He was dangerous, and the defense was doing just enough to win these games, but... Once Jamal Adams went down, you saw the defense start to play worse. Russell Wilson started to play worse. We're a few games later from that. And now the, the Seahawks are on a cold spell. So you got the Red Hot Cardinals versus the freezing cold Seahawks. And who am I going to predict to win? It's probably going to make some people mad. Yes, I agree that the Seahawks might be in trouble in this game. As you all know, I am a huge Cardinals fan. And I am all aboard the Kyler Murray and D-Hop train this year. But the way the, the offense has been rolling has been extremely impressive for the Cardinals. And the defense, again, just like the Seahawks early in the season, is doing just enough to get them past some of these close games and win them some games. Almost blew it last week against the Bills, though. But you cannot count the Seahawks out of this game as long as Mr. Unlimited, 
Unlimited is running that team and running that offense. In games with the divisions on the line, I think the Seahawks will figure it out and grind out a tough win this week against the Cardinals. And it's not the popular opinion. It's not the popular pick. But I'm taking Seahawks to beat them just because Seattle is there when it comes to the franchise, uh, when it comes to what this team has in the last couple years and this year. They are there. They have been contenders. And that experience, in my opinion, will give them the win on prime time over the Cardinals in this big game. But the Cardinals ain't going to go down easy. And this could come down to another big play at the end of the game by one of these teams. It's going to be a very exciting game. It's a very tough pick. Uh, but I just got a gut feeling about the Seahawks pulling this one out. I do. And I'm a huge Cardinals fan. So that's saying something. I love the Cardinals this year. And I love the Cardinals in the future and in the future, next couple of years and, and getting into the mix in the NFC West. They're in the mix right now. I expect it to take another season or two, but they're in the mix right now. They're a playoff team right now. So I love what the Cardinals done this year. Give me the Seahawks. It's not the end of the year for the Cardinals. They're going to still make the playoffs. They're still going to have a shot at winning that division down the road. Moving on, we have the New England Patriots traveling to Houston to play the Houston Texans. And the story of last week's game is the Patriots defense shutting the Ravens down. Very impressive. I, I got to say, because that's a game that you go into as a Patriots player and a Patriots coach or Patriots anything. And you just think, man, it's the Ravens. We're in trouble this week. This is going to be tough. And instead of falling, instead of being pressed down by the challenge, the Patriots as a team overcame that challenge of the Baltimore Ravens. And I was very impressed by that. You know, I'm not the biggest Patriots fan this year just because of what I saw what happened in the offseason with the opt-outs and the roster kind of just being depleted completely. But I'll tell you what, I got to give props where props are due. The Patriots deserve props for last week's performance against the Baltimore Ravens, especially that defense. And then on the flip side, you look at the Houston Texans. They completely failed me last week. I picked the Houston Texans to beat the Browns, kind of a little bit of an upset pick, and the Houston Texans 100% could have. I understand that the weather was really bad, but the score seven as an NFL team is just awful. I don't care what the weather is. You got to score more than seven in the NFL. It's football. You're going to have to deal with weather, wind, snow, rain and ice it's gonna come it's gonna happen especially this time of year it's gonna happen so you can't really use that as an excuse i can see it as an excuse not to put up 30 points not to put up 20 points but you can't get more than seven that shows me that your offense has some problems especially in the ground game because that's where you would go to the ground game in that bad weather and the texans have struggled getting a run game going all year I think this Patriots defense can handle the Texans offense after what I saw the Browns defense do to them. I think that this Patriots offense can score enough. It's going to be another low-scoring game for the Patriots, but I can see the Patriots getting this game. So I'm going to take the Patriots to beat the Texans. Moving on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns. And this game has a lot of underlying storylines, a lot of underlying importance to it that you wouldn't realize just looking at the matchup Eagles versus Browns. It has a lot more to it than just Eagles versus Browns. With one team at 3-5-1 and one being the Eagles and the other at 6-3 and three being the Browns, they somehow have a remarkably similar money on the line or stakes on the line in this game this week. It's a must win for both teams' playoff hopes, honestly, because both of them need to get as many wins as they possibly can in the battle. For the Eagles, it's the battle for that division. It's the battle with the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys for that division after losing to the Giants last week. It is not a good look for the Eagles going into Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns. For the Browns, it's for the wild card. It's weird that these teams have almost opposite win-loss records. 3-5 and five and 6-3. and three, And they're both battling for playoff spots in different conferences. It's, it, it's hard to accept that a team from the NFC East is going to make the playoffs. And a team from, you know, the NFC West or a team from, you know, the the NFC South, NFC any NFC uh North as well is going to have a better record than the team that wins the NFC East um and not make the playoffs. So that that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow for me. I've seen this happen only a few times in my lifetime. Um it happened with Seattle. Uh, when Beastquake happened, and they actually won a playoff game, so it paid off. I don't see anyone from the NFC East, no matter who wins it, winning a playoff game. Um, it's it's tough. It's it's tough to accept. With that being said, 
I got bad news for the Browns fans. Every time I have taken the Browns, they have lost. And every time I have picked against the Browns, they have won. And I'm taking the Browns. So, do what you will with that. Bet your life savings on Philadelphia. Because the Eagles are probably going to win this game. Just because I am picking the Browns to win. It's just been a back and forth all season with these pickums. Every time I take the Browns to win, they lose. Every time I take the Browns to lose, they win. So, we'll see if that trend continues. I assume it will. But I'm taking the Browns. I'm taking the team that should win the game. Ugh, come on, Cleveland. Give me one, please. Jeez, I'm your curse. The Chargers fan is your curse. That doesn't make any damn sense. Next game we have is the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Jacksonville to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as tough as the Jaguars played the Packers last week, that was just the Packers sleeping on them. I don't think the Jaguars stand a chance against the Steelers defense, especially since uh, the COVID scare that the Steelers had turned out to not impact them too much. They got the starting quarterback back, and the Steelers put on a dominant performance against the Bengals last week. I expect a similar performance this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, so give me the Steelers in a possible route. The Detroit Lions are traveling to Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers, and man, this is a good one. The Panthers sort of becoming what I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, struggling a little bit more as they play some of these tougher teams. But they're playing these tougher teams to the wire. They're playing these tougher teams strong, and I know... The scoreboard shows that they got blown out by the Bucks this last week. But if you actually go back and watch the game, watch the tape, the Panthers were in that game pretty much the entire game until the very end. And in garbage time, the Bucks kind of took off and, and packed on a few more scores. That Ronald Jones 98-yard uh, run was so impressive. And it was something that we saw from uh, Leonard Fournette a couple of seasons ago with the Jaguars. So to see it happen with Leonard Fournette on the Buccaneers, but with Ronald Jones, real exciting. I'm a huge Ronald Jones fan. If you guys don't know, I'm uh, from Southern California, so I, I like Ronald Jones a lot, <laughs> if you know Ronald Jones' history. Anyways, they're playing tough football uh, there in Carolina. I don't know why I started talking about Ronald Jones when I'm talking about Lions-Panthers. But anyways, the Lions snuck another one out against Washington football team last week. And as impressive as it is that the Lions keep sneaking these games out, I'm not going to be the guy that lives or dies on that side of football man you don't want to play this game so tight especially the teams that you're clearly better than and I'm not saying the Washington football team is terrible but they're terrible I mean compared compared to some of these other teams I think the Lions have a lot more talent on their roster I don't know how long Matt Patricia is going to have a job but they're sitting at four and five hanging tough you're in the wild card picture not really in the wild card this is one of the teams that might finish better than those uh NFC East teams and not make the playoffs the Lions could easily hit eight and eight I could see it happening so we'll see what happens with the Lions for the rest of the season. But for this game, I think the Lions will get this one. I think it'll be another close one because the Panthers are going to play him tough. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I love the passion that he brings to his game and to his play style. But I think the Lions are just a better team right now, just slightly. And, and they're, they're pulling out these close games. I know this is going to be a close game, so I'll take the Lions to do it again. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Washington to play the just-mentioned Washington football team. And I'll just straight up say it, uh, Washington's on a downskid. I think the Bengals have enough to do it. I think this will be Joe Burrow's uh, game here. Uh, I know the Washington defense is tough, but Burrow has shown that he can handle pressure. He can handle guys getting in his face, and he's going to handle them in this game. I don't think the Washington offense is anywhere near what the Cincinnati Bengals offense is now and where the Cincinnati Bengals offense is heading. So give me Joe Burrow. Give me those Bengals to beat Washington, even though it's in Washington. Then we got Atlanta Falcons traveling to New Orleans to play the New Orleans Saints. This game got a whole lot more interesting, losing Drew Brees last week. I think this is going to be a shootout. Fortunately for the Saints, as they did last year, they have a great backup plan. And that's Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston can get in a shootout with the Falcons and win the shootout with the Falcons. He's done it before on another team with the Falcons for years and years on end. Jameis Winston's had a whole half of a season as a backup quarterback, and I hope he's been working and improving his game during that time. I think that Jameis Winston is not going to be a severe drop-off from Drew Brees. I think the severe drop-off is more in the game management portion of the game than it is in, in the actual talent-wise. Drew Brees is at the end of his career. You can see a, a little bit of a decline happening in this season. And Jameis Winston is, is should be entering his quarterback prime years. 
even though he is a backup quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for Jameis to solidify himself as the Saints' plan going forward once Drew Brees retires. I know Jameis is on a one-year deal, and he's a free agent next year. That Saints gig would not be a bad gig by any means necessary. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I don't think Jameis Winston is perfect. I don't think Jameis Winston is going to come out and be elite or anything like that. But I think with the Saints' defense playing as well as it's been playing recently, with Jameis Winston being able to put up points that they need him to, is enough for the Saints to win this game against the Falcons. It'll be a fun one, though. You're going to see some electric plays, I think. You know that Falcons offense is going to bring it. Moving on, we have the Tennessee Titans traveling to Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens. And here we go. Another great game. And this is Mike's game of the week. So if you want to mark out which game you want to watch, just because of how this game is going to go. I'm a big defensive-minded guy. I played DB. I played safety. Uh, overseas, I played. That was my position from high school into pro ball. I played DB, so I like defensive-minded games. This is going to be a defensive game. Uh, both teams are going to have to focus on attacking from the ground attack, and both opposing defenses know that's the case. So I think this game could be very low scoring. You might want to take the under on this one. I don't see either team putting up 30 points. I think this is going to be a solid 24-21, 21-17 game. The Titans are going to try and pound the rock and hit them on the play action. We'll see if the Ravens' defense can handle it. The Ravens got to try and find their identity again or figure out if they need to change it up a little bit because it seems defenses are starting to catch up to Lamar Jackson from the ground. We'll see if Lamar Jackson can can show up through the air, something we haven't seen against Steelers, something we didn't see against the Patriots. So that's the problem that the Ravens need to solve. Because it's in Baltimore, the Titans have the, the chore of traveling all the way to Baltimore. And because the Titans have been cold, they just lost to the Colts, who don't really have a mobile quarterback in Phillip Rivers, don't really have the speed the Ravens have, and just they have a complete opposite team to worry about this week. And to go from game planning for the Colts to game planning for the Ravens, it is complete opposite game planning. I just I don't see them turning around and being able to do it quite yet. So give me the Ravens at home to beat the Titans in a close one. But I wouldn't be shocked them Titans snuck this one out because the Ravens are struggling to figure out that offense right now. But like I said, I think it's going to be a battle of defenses anyway. Moving on, we got our favorite game to predict each week because we get it wrong every week. It's the New York Jets traveling to Los Angeles to play your Los Angeles Chargers and my Los Angeles Chargers. And oh boy, here we go. If you're a Chargers fan listening to this podcast, very unlikely because there's only a few of us out there really. I like to lean into that joke, by the way. A lot of people like to roast me for that joke. It's a lot. I get it brought up a lot. I lean into it. I lean into it. So if you're one of the 10 Chargers fans and you're somehow listening to this podcast, you cannot tell me that you are not just as scared of the Chargers being the Jets' first and only win this season as I am. Because I am absolutely terrified. I have no confidence in the play calling. I have no confidence in the, in, in the defense I have no confidence in anything other than Justin Herbert on this team right now and Keenan Allen. This should be an easy win for the Chargers because being 2-7, and seven, you still have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. You just can't get it together in the crunch time when it matters. 16 straight losses of games by one possession or less. It's historic at this point. Historically bad, though. I'm going to take the Chargers to win. And if they don't win, I may just stop watching football. I'm just kidding. I'll never stop watching football. I'll stop being a fan before I stop watching football. But if the Chargers let the Jets beat them, I will be very, 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 very upset. Let's move on before I go on a rant. We got the Miami Dolphins traveling to Denver to play Denver Broncos. And while that trip is going to be a tough trip for the Dolphins, they're a better team. Drew Locke has been struggling all year. I was wrong about the Broncos, at least at the quarterback position. I thought Drew Locke had it. I thought Drew Locke had enough stars around him to to help have a good season, a solid season to solidify himself 
as a starting quarterback for the Broncos, but I'm not seeing it right now. I don't think he is a solidified starter going forward into the next few seasons. I think the Broncos may explore their options. You're going to see guys like Jimmy G out there. You're going to see guys like Dak Prescott out there. You're going to see uh, in the draft, there's a, there's about four different young quarterbacks that the Broncos could be looking at possibly drafting at the spot that they're going to be at. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I don't think that Drew Locke is the answer, though. I think that, that we can officially say that after last week's game, four interceptions in the game that they were in. With that being said, the Raiders' defense is not even as close to as good as the Miami Dolphins' defense. This Dolphins' defense is good. I saw it last week against my Chargers. Whew. I hadn't seen it a full game like this yet. I'd just been watching tape. But seeing it in action, it was good. They were confusing the Chargers. They were attacking a very high-powered offense in the Chargers. The Broncos don't have that. Taking the Dolphins, probably a route, but definitely going to take the Dolphins to win this game. Another interesting game this week, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to Indy to play the Indianapolis Colts. And if this was in Lambeau, I would just straight up say Packers. Because this is in Indy, it makes it a little interesting. Packers got the task of traveling to Indianapolis and playing the Colts. Phillip Rivers versus Aaron Rodgers. How much fun is that? The Packers slept on the Jaguars a little bit and almost slipped up in that game, almost lost that game. That might have been the story of the week if the Packers would have lost that game. Holy smokes. What do you do if you lose to the Jaguars there? Whew. And I was a little nervous there. I picked the Packers to win. I didn't want to take a loss from the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Green Bay Packers. I think it just came out lackadaisical. They assumed they were just going to blow these guys out, and then they got very quickly awakened that even though it is the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are still a professional football team. They are still an NFL team with NFL talent. And if you sleep on them, they will beat you. And as good as the Packers are, they almost slept on them and let them beat them. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that the Packers are worse than the Jaguars or anywhere near the Jaguars. I think they just went into the game with that attitude. They were just going to blow them out, and it was going to be an easy rollover. But it's still an NFL team. You still got to come with your A game, and they came with their B game. And their B game still won them the game. But you don't want to come to your B game in any NFL game. Going into Indy, I don't think they're going to have the same mentality. The Colts just put the hurt on the Tennessee Titans, and the Colts' defense and special teams is amongst the hottest in the NFL, right there with the Dolphins. Very impressed by that, but I think Aaron Rodgers can handle it. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have similar issues that we've seen as far as only having Devontae Adams, but only having Devontae Adams is not super bad. In the regular season especially, the dude's a beast. And he is climbing the ranks in the receivers right now. And some people are even putting him at one. So that's pretty awesome to see. Uh, I've been waiting for Devontae Adams' breakout like this for four or five years. Just every year. Hey, Devontae Adams this year. Devontae Adams this year. He's going to be number one receiver this year. Finally, it's happening this year. He's able to stay healthy. And let's pray that he stays healthy for the rest of the season. I'm going to take Green Bay to beat Indianapolis. It may be closer than most would think just because that indie defense is tough. But I think that Aaron Rodgers can handle it. If anyone can handle it, the guys like Aaron Rodgers, the guys like Tom Brady, uh, the guys like Drew Brees, these guys that have experience with really strong defenses, they've played the Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and them. You know, they've seen the best defenses of all time, and uh, I think they can handle this defense that the Indianapolis Colts are going to bring on Sunday. So give me the Packers over the Colts. It may be a tighter one than you would think, but I still think the Packers are going to pull it out. Next game, we have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Minnesota to play the Minnesota Vikings. This one's a little bit interesting. Um, I feel like both teams need the win, but I, I really do feel like the Vikings are going to handle business here. The Cowboys are so riddled with injuries and struggling to get a, a good locker room vibe, get a good locker room feeling. You could tell that there's problems there. Uh, I don't know how deep they are right now, but I've been in bad locker rooms before. I've been in locker rooms with the negative uh a negative culture I guess you would say and that's what's happening right now Mike McCarthy we'll see what happens with him and his job in the future but I think the Cowboys are on their way to an outhaul they definitely need to, to pick up some different veteran players and start over here because if there is a negative culture in that locker room it will never be healed if you keep the, doing the same thing over and over again bringing the same guys back over and over again no matter what you do, no matter how much talking you do with your guys, it's just not going to happen. So give me the Vikings. The Vikings are red hot. They're on a three-game win streak, and I think they're going to take care of the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to stop Dalvin Cook at all. At all. <laughs> I expect Dalvin Cook to run all over them and the Vikings to win this game. Moving on, we got the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Las Vegas for this rematch versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs have to be pissed. They got to be heated. They got one loss this season, and it was to these Raiders. 
it goes to show that in the NFL, if you sleep on a team, they can upset you no matter how good you are. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Ty- Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, and they lost to the Raiders. And the Raiders are playing really good this year. That's not a knock to the Raiders. I'm not saying that the Raiders are a bad team. The Raiders are a playoff team this year. But it's not. they're not the Chiefs yet. You know what I mean? They don't have enough talent to say that they're up there with the Chiefs yet. They shouldn't be upsetting the Chiefs. The Chiefs shouldn't be losing to the Raiders. Uh, I think the Chiefs come out mad. And I think this is a blowout win for the Chiefs. So called it here. Chiefs win in a blowout over the Las Vegas Raiders. I could be dead wrong about this. And the Raiders could play a tough game and pull out another win. Because the Raiders are playing very well this season i'm not trying to to just bust down my rival team and hate on the raiders because i hate the chiefs just as much if not more right now with the way things have been going the last couple of seasons but i'm gonna take the chiefs they're the better team and they're probably pissed off team after losing to the raiders earlier in the season a little bit of a revenge game for them and, I, and that's a sunday night football game that's a very good sunday night football game i'll be tuning in and excited to watch that one the final game of the week Another real good one on Monday Night Football. All the primetime games are awesome this week, man. Very rarely do you see the Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday Night Football games all be probably uh, great games to watch. And that's what we're going to see this weekend. Los Angeles Rams right here in Los Angeles with, with me. Going to Tampa to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be a good game. It's going to be a battle of defense versus offense, that Tampa Bay offense versus that Los Angeles Rams defense. The Rams defense gave Russell Wilson all he could handle last week. Tom Brady's a different style quarterback, but he should be easier to get after than Russell with Russell's ability to evade sacks on the ground. The Tampa Bay O-line is a lot better than Seattle, though, so I'm not just going to say that the Rams are just going to come out and absolutely dominate but that pairing of Aaron Donald and that defensive line getting after quarterbacks with that strong secondary and Jalen Ramsey, and we saw Darius Williams show up last week, it's deadly. And when the Rams play really good and they don't turn the ball over on offense, it almost can carry them. It's that good. So we'll see what happens in this game. I think that Tampa Bay can handle the Los Angeles Rams, but I've been a big believer in Tampa Bay. I've been a big believer in this, this experiment, I guess you can call it of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so I, I, I'm okay with taking Tampa here. It's a little bit of a tough pick for me because the Rams have been up and down all season. They've played really good in games, and they've played really bad in games. So it depends on which Rams team is going to show up. Super inconsistent. The only bad games I've seen Tampa Bay play is against the Saints both times. The rest of the season, they've been damn near perfect. They've been amazing. So we'll see what they can do uh, going forward. And that's it for the NFL Pick'ems this week. Hopefully we can do better. We're chasing Adam from what offseason, man. This competition is getting tight. Uh, Last week, Alex Robson, who was in last, had a very good week and has narrowed the playing field down. We are actually tied for third, but also tied for fifth. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Piggy Bank picks, I believe, is one game above us who are all tied for third, and then Adam is about five games above above the crowd, basically. It's like a NASCAR race. You got the three leaders battling for the win, and 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 Adam is the one leader that's ahead battling for the win. And then you got the entire rest of the pack trying to josh for or joist, joist, joist. <laughs> a little outtake there. I don't even know what that is. Joist, they're battling for a position in the middle of the pack at the end of the race because I know that just that slight bump of that finishing 12th versus finishing 13th may be a big deal in the future. And that's kind of what NASCAR is all about. I know I never talk about NASCAR on my show, but here you go. If you're a NASCAR freak or NASCAR geek, I did it for you. I just talked about some NASCAR on the Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. Boogity, 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 let's go racing. Yeah, I watched it growing up. Don't worry. Don't worry. I watched all sports growing up. I didn't miss any sports growing up. But yeah, that's it for the Week 11 picks. Let me know where I'm right. Let me know where I'm wrong on the social media pages, and we will... See how we do. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Smack him in the mouth. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the interview uh, with the CYM crew. Ex- extraordinary that you see people in the world doing stuff like that just trying to help others have some exposure 
to further their career as basketball players and really it's furthering them on in life in general it's not just basketball it's not just about basketball but doing what you love is very important in this world and that's why i do this so very excited very very excited to work with them Uh, i'm doing a podcast for them called around the league it's just 20 to 30 minute recap of the games from each week if you want to check out the games and want to check out the podcast links to everything is in my bio and if you're having any troubles just dm me or dm them and we will help you out we'll get you on so I appreciate you guys supporting me to this point. This is the first gig that I'm actually getting to do as a sports broadcaster. So I'm really excited to do it, and I'm really hyped about it. So if you could help me out, help them out, and help yourself out, get some exposure, some awesome basketball on a weekly basis, head on over and do it. Uh, it's, it, it's a good time. I promise you it is a great time. Starting next week, we're going to have a segment sponsored by them. I'm just going to highlight a young player and what they did that week. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well, starting on next week's episode. I'm excited for that, just to kind of highlight someone maybe you didn't think about in the sports world, not even just football or basketball or baseball, but in the sports world in general. If some guy from Finland won this fencing tournament and he donated all his money to charity, he's going to be on here as the Creating Young Minds Young Athlete of the Week, presented by Mike on the mic and Creating Young Minds. And undiscovered league. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Uh, let me know what you think about picks. Head over to the Instagram page again, Mike on the Mike Pod, and let me know where I am wrong. I love talking sports with you guys, so just go ahead and head over there and just be like, hey man, you're dead wrong. The Cardinals are winning on Thursday night. I don't mean to yell at you guys. I'm sorry. That's gonna close out the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you guys next week. I'm the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today, so you thought I was gone. You thought I was going to end it like that. Thank you. R.I.P. Kobe.